Disclaimer, we are not doctors or scientists. We are simply defenders of the imagination. This is not a safe place to affirm your beliefs and opinions. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Before we get started this next episode, I just wanted to give uh, an update on Trey, um, our other co-host. Um, he's taking a, a break at the moment. It might be either temporary or permanent. Um, but yeah, just wanted to let everyone know uh, where he's been and, and stuff like that. He's very much still uh, one of our closest friends. Uh, it's just more of a hobby thing, and he's got uh, a lot of things going on in his life right now uh, with work or whatever. But um, so yeah, and I also wanted to give a, a heads up on this episode. Uh, you're going to hear like a squeaking, like a sound in the background, and it's uh, crickets. And just wanted to give you a heads up, you know, sorry about this audio issues, but uh, hopefully you, you bear with it because uh, what John has to say is uh, very informative and some interesting stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, I hope you all enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Imaginary Thought, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Jahan Setur. And hey, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> oh man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. Just uh, relaxing and enjoying Labor Day for sure. Just kicking my feet up and uh, enjoying life. <laughs> awesome. I miss that. I miss uh, Labor Day weekends. Now I'm out here in Barbados, and we don't have that. So. Oh yeah. Is it, um, so how is it down there? You guys are. Uh, Barbados. Yeah, things down here are a little bit weird, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's a great place to be if you want to get a lot of sun and, and you know have a nice vacation and stuff. Yeah, I mean uh, that's what I always hear. It's kind of when I hear Barbados, I just hear uh, sunny, you know, palm trees and beaches and beautiful scenery. <laughs> yeah, that's what they sell it as. <laughs> they don't tell you on the other side of that it's hell. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, how's that? How so? You know, it's kind of like um, every country has its shadow side, but this one country is all shadow, to, except for the beaches. And, you know, if you're a, a beer fan and you like Calypso music and you like weird, overtly sexual dancing, like if you're dry humping somebody in the street, well, then this is the place for you. But if you want, uh, you know, to really have peace in the everyday and this is not the place for you it's a, a very low level of consciousness here and um it can be difficult to kind of navigate that at times like there's a lot of harsh truths about it basically you know it's kind of like when you see images of okay let's use something that's dualistic but it's opposing to what i'm saying here so it's kind of like you always see images of kids starving in Africa and stuff like that. But then mm-hmm. when you actually go to Africa, you realize how rich the country is and it's, it's nothing like that, right? 
So when they sell you the touristy idea of Barbados, they show you the beaches and serenity and stuff like that. But then on the flip side of that, it's chaos. <laughs> it's kind of like people have the same stigma when it comes to Jamaica as well, because they they only see a very small section of Jamaica in the commercials where it's just these beautiful beaches and stuff like that. And then right on the outside of that, it's like, you know, people are shooting each other with high powered rifles and shit like that. Oh, damn. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, things are, things, like, we have not handled the pandemic well. And I don't think this country has been handling life well to begin with because it's, um, you know, a friend of mine, Todd Cave, and he knows all about this kind of stuff. He talks about how um, there is something called the Barbados Slave Code, and that is actually the manuscript for slavery everywhere else in the world. So I'm given that story to, you know, not to be negative about Barbados. Unfortunately, there's negative truths in his life. But what I am saying is that the level of consciousness is dictated by the history of a, a country. Mm-hmm. And so the collective consciousness is built in based on slavery. And so a lot of people are extremely disempowered and the unemployment rates are very high and the vast majority of people can only afford like bread and cheese and like canned foods and stuff like that because they're not getting paid for the work that they do right and the cost Mm -hmm. of living is extremely high like gas is almost twenty dollars a gallon oh my goodness (laughs) so um you know that's crazy right wow that's yeah. and and uh, like you were saying earlier, it gets people um, focused on just surviving. And uh, when you're just focused on surviving, you're only focused on the uh, negativities, and you're just um, and the lower end of uh, of consciousness is just the flesh, right? It's the experience, the the pleasure aspects of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I talk openly and freely about this because I have a great life. <laughs> like I don't I don't lack for anything i have everything i could ever want and i live a great life but then by contrast i see that you know 85 percent of the population is in turmoil and uh, it's kind of like you know if you're into conspiracy theories and stuff which i'm sure you guys are <laughs> you just a little you kind of know that that's all by design right yeah so I, I, I refuse to keep my mouth shut about it like the average person would because I don't think it's okay that people are purposely held in suffering like that anywhere in the world, man. I, think it's, I don't think it's good at all. And so part of my mission is to expose the fuckery, you know, like that's it. Yeah, and can you explain a little bit more uh, to our audience uh, what your, uh, what your uh, specialty and, and all that is? like? So I'm a mindfulness teacher um, and a self-sabotage coach and... Mm-hmm. I also host the Boundless Authenticity podcast. So really what that means is that I help people uh, basically figure out how to deal with the negative automatic thoughts about the things that happen in the external world and um, help them basically look for the programs that they have that are holding them hostage to a mediocre lifestyle. And a lot of that really is working with removing disempowering thoughts and beliefs mm-hmm. and um, all that stuff is held in the subconscious mind. So it's a lot of um, various things. So it, it's not just one 
style or one helping modality that comes into play it's a whole lot of different things because the subconscious mind is so fast and there's so many different ways you can access uh, challenges you know programs belief systems tough thoughts and stuff like that trauma those kinds of things you, you can tap into those things from different ways and so i just kind of have to customize my approach for every individual person because everybody's different and um, some people may not understand how to clear harsh memories or emotions, or they may not be able to delete um, information from the subconscious, mm-hmm. or they may not be able to change internal dialogue in a particular way. So you have to kind of feel a person out and figure out what it is. So it's a very, you know, it requires a lot of patience and stuff like that, but it's something that I love to do because I too have been covered in thorns, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna ask how, um... How did you get into that? What led you into, uh, you know, doing this type of thing? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's uh, another thing where I can have to talk about my history here in um, Helbados, where it's like I knew from a very young age, about nine years old, that I wanted to play music for a living. And um, unfortunately, it was rock and roll music. It was hard rock, heavy metal things like that and because the culture of this place is so based on a slavery mindset and religious indoctrination where if you go against the grain it's all the the type of stuff where it's the vengeful god that's trying to throw lightning bolts at gay people and you know as soon as you make a mistake chop your head off because you're a sinner damn um that didn't go well with a lot of people and so i was pretty much gaslit and cussed at and told that I was never going to be anything and treated like crap my entire life trying to come up doing that. And I grew up in a verbally abusive household. My dad was a raging alcoholic. My sister is what we call a narcissist. Uh. And back then, we didn't have a label for that because the narcissistic personality index only came about in the 1980s, 1981, I think. And, you know, I was born in 1987, so they hadn't really caught on globally as a thing that people dealt with and whenever say something was going on at home that was a problem people were like oh no not not her or not your dad they're nice people yeah yeah well you should try fucking living with them and then maybe you find out that's not true and um it was very tough so you can you didn't really have anywhere to turn and by the time i was about 16 17 i didn't Drugs and rock and roll club because somebody was like, "Hey man, you want to just want to drink some some booze?" I was like, "Fuck it, why not?" And it's kind of like a Dewey Cox scenario, honestly. It was like, "Trust me, man, you don't want no part of this. You, you know, it's gonna make you feel real good. You don't want no part of this, Dewey Cox." So I was like, uh, "Sure, yeah, I do. Give me that shit." And then I became a raging alcoholic because I just didn't want to deal with um, the things that were going on around me and I couldn't really see a way out because this place has an energy where it kind of sucks you in and uh-huh. it's very hard to get out if you are a mentally strong person and so the majority of people who are be who are able to see that they have something inside them that they can offer to people they usually try to get the hell out of here and they never come back and um I just kind of was stuck in this survival mentality and all i did was drink and play music and do drugs and 
get into fights with people because they were constantly antagonizing me so i would just like antagonize them back which wasn't a great idea mm-hmm. to be honest and um by the time i was about 23 i was just burnt out and i couldn't create anything for myself i couldn't see any um any hope in the situation and um i tried to commit suicide at least three times and on the third time I, I came back and I was like, Jesus, I keep fucking waking up. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself, right? That was exactly what I said. When I heard those words leave my mouth, that's when it really hit me that I was the problem and that I had to do something about it from a different direction because nothing was going to take me out at this point. I'm clearly here for a purpose. And that actually shifted and so what I did was I started cleaning myself up very slowly. And as soon as I did that, stuff started working out. I mean, I was doing really well as a guitar player. And it just was in such a bad mindset that I couldn't see. And I was actually, like, getting listed as the top 25 guitarists you've got to hear with, like, all kinds of names, including the guitar player for, like, Breaking Benjamin and things like that. I was getting listed on these these uh, high-ranking profile um, websites and stuff like that. And I just was so miserable that I didn't even notice that stuff was working, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't see it in front of you when you're in that kind of mindset. All you know is depression and darkness. So I started cleaning my act up, and I really took inventory of my life. And um, some strange things started happening because I would be running on a treadmill and stuff and dreaming about just being away from here and being on stage doing the thing that I love doing the most. And I guess that's what uh, they call manifesting these days, but I just kind of call it exercise. And, um, you know, it, it led to some strange coincidences or synchronicities, as they say, where uh, a bunch of people would contact me on Facebook. And one lady hit me up and she was like, I love your music. Is there anything I can do to help you? And I was like, yeah, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. She was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And, uh, you know, she worked for a radio station in Seattle, and she was able to help me get my visa to get out of this place. And I traveled all across the, the lower United States learning about music and playing music and stuff like that. But let me let me add into that. Like, how I got into the truth-telling part of it is that every time I started to get some success in music, I would eventually have to audition for a record label or meet with some A&R executive or something. And then they would try to put me in a compromising. Where, no. you know, even one night I got asked, do you suck dick? And I was like, no, thank you. And I just got <laughs> in my car and I went home. And, um, you know, so I've, I really have experienced the dark end of it. And one time I was signing a contract, actually the very last time, um, this was shortly before I tried to kill myself. Um, they were, they gave me like a massive contract. I mean, this thing was like a mini book. Mm-hmm. And my lawyer, who worked for high profile artists and stuff like that, he sat me down and he was like, Listen, man, you're too good of a person to get involved in anything like this. And I was kind of like, What are you talking about? Fucking do it. Let's go. So I want to get out of here. I want to go play music and just live my life and be happy. And he's like, No, you don't get it. And he whipped out his laptop and he showed me some videos on YouTube about the dark side of the music industry. And he's like, listen, this may seem like nonsense. Like, I watch so many people sign their lives away to this stuff. Are you sure you want to do this? And um, 
He was like, listen, before you make any decisions, go home and watch everything on this channel. Back to me and tell me what you think, because you're too good of a person to see spiral out. And he kind of saved me because I went home and I watched every single thing. Um, and I was like, holy crap. So that explains a lot. That's why they always want to do weird shit every time I get somewhere. And, <laughs> you know, it explained a lot of other stuff, too. So that happened when I was uh, age 23, 35. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, that was the reason why I was so depressed. So that was why there was a third time where I was like, I, just, I better just kill myself because this is not going to work out in music or anything. Like my dream is dead. You know, that's, that's what the mindset I was in. Yeah. So if you fast forward to that point where I got my visa and travel and stuff like that, then I was at a gig one night in the middle of Pennsylvania, somewhere in Allentown, actually. And um, I was explaining to the sound engineer stuff about how we should be setting everything up. Like, cause this is what we're accustomed to. That was what I was telling him. And this tall blonde guy comes up and taps me on the shoulder and he says to me, listen, I notice you have an incredible affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I was like, uh, hang on a sec. I haven't, but hold on. And I talked to the guy, finished telling him, you know, plug me in over here and this and that. And then I turned around to talk to the guy and he was gone. So I searched the whole bar for him. And he was gone, and I was like, that was so fucking weird. Like, why would you just ask me a question and roll out? So I went immediately home and typed in, you know, what is coaching? And um, that was when I got interested in that kind of stuff. And uh, I had a few very spiritual moments before that. And um, one of the synchronicities was that this lady hit me up on Facebook uh, a year before that. She was like, I love your music. I'd love to help you get in shape and stuff like that. She was a, a personal trainer. Um, her roommate was a IFBB pro bodybuilder. I actually owe her a lot in my life because she saved me from a lot of different stuff just by doing one different thing that nobody else was willing to do. She sat, she listened to everything I had to say. She sent me a bunch of supplements and workout plans and stuff like that. And she sent me a DVD by Wayne Dyer. And it was Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And she's like, listen, I sent you something that you're going to think is a little bit weird. But in the mindset that you're in, you really can't see beyond the challenges. And I totally understand it because I've been there. She said, just watch that DVD. It'll change your life. Everything that he says absolutely works. Uh-huh. And um, that led to my mom giving me a couple of books by like and more books by Wayne Dyer and she it turns out she had a whole stash of stuff she had books by um, one of the founding fathers of cognitive behavioral therapy Aaron Beck and a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. and so I'd been diving into that world before the guy rolled up and was like you ever heard of coaching and that all that stuff helped me get my mind right mm-hmm. and it helped me learn to meditate and things like that and so around that time that that happened i just kind of spiraled deeply into the world of meditation and mindfulness and getting certified to be a coach and stuff like that and you know over the years i've just gotten more and more um, experience guiding and leading people and i got very curious about what the subconscious mind is because when you get into the coaching thing it's common to find out about neuro-linguistic programming once I figured out that everything that we do is based on a prison of language that we 
we make up on our own or it's imposed on us by um, the external world, I kind of was like, hmm, there's a connection here. So I started to see that there were similarities between neurolinguistic programming and hypnotherapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, and that they're all saying the basic things about human thought processes and belief systems and stuff like that. So I actually had a friend that was into the coaching and he was starting a business and he asked me to hop on board with him and we mm-hmm. kind of worked together for about five years. He was coaching a bunch of people and through that we went to a lot of seminars and did a lot of training and got a lot of certifications and stuff like that. So anyway, during that period of time, I got, uh, I got a lot of, I guess, accreditation in health and nutrition and uh, mindfulness and NLP, CBT, and, um, you know, mental, becoming a mental health practitioner at one point, and basically started doing, like, counseling and talk therapy and mentoring kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then one thing just kind of built on the next, and then I got into self-sabotage because I was so obsessed with the subconscious mind, and I realized that there's a lot of people out there who are doing this work but they're not really tackling the harder stuff and self-sabotage oh, um. just kind of led me down the road of subconscious reprogramming and things like that so yeah hey johanna sorry i'm gonna cut this part out i gotta tell you but um i guess there's like a squeaking sound on your on your end or something a squeaking sound yeah it sounds like a lawn like a like a dryer or something like that no, I don't have any such thing running. Do you have? Do you hear that, Zach? Is that you or? Yeah, I hear it too. No, I'm, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think it's me. I don't have anything running in my room either. It might be crickets. Crickets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can. That's hear. probably what it is. <laughs> kind of sounds like that. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I was, uh, I just wanted to, you know, let you know, um, you know, because I, I, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a. Uh, going in between like what you're saying so i want to make sure everyone can hear you and everything yeah that's all right man like crickets happen <laughs> no 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 yeah yeah i know i just i just wanted to st- on your end you know or whatever to make it to make you um to make it better but i understand yeah it's all good but um so yeah with the uh, what you're saying uh too i um remembering getting back to the uh you're saying about the music industry where they're asking you to, to sign how things get really weird and stuff like that. Uh, Zach, he's not super deep into conspiracies like in, in on that side. Um, so I just kind of wanted to go over that a little bit. Like, have you heard about these kind of things, Zach? Like, uh, you know, you know, secret weird stuff going on in the music industry and stuff. I mean, yeah, definitely. Probably I've heard more about stuff like that in the movie industry, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely always kind of assumed that to get to the top of industries like that, you've got to be dealing with some pretty shady stuff. Yeah, but and I heard um, from what I've heard yeah. is they actually in, invite you to like parties and like like Jahan's saying, try to get you into uh, compromising positions so that way they can hold something over your head to get a better deal out of you. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean that definitely sounds like like you said it's like a it's like a quick pro quo like they're not going to sign you and you know, give you the opportunity to be famous like that unless there's something that you can do for them as well, unfortunately. And um, so uh, would you care to elaborate on anything like that? Or... <laughs> oh, you want me to explain that stuff? No, no, no. I mean, just just I mean, just to uh, give a little idea of, uh, you know, yeah, I, mean, I guess something like I was saying, Rami, I guess 
maybe like is that something that you like dealt with everywhere you went to or is yeah, it just I, certain people i just didn't know if I, that uh, like was the industry as a whole really yeah the industry as a whole is like that as i found out because i went through a, a whole lot of record labels i went through the top at that time there was seven major record labels so you're talking about like i don't, I don't even know what you call them all but it's like island def jam sony umg warner um jive and you had like all these different subsections as well and so i would just audition for anything that i could because at that time they were recruiting a lot of artists from this region and um it's just it was the same trick every time um so there's different ways that they do it and the two most common ways that they do it is you audition and they're like hey love your music here's my number i want to sign you and then you go meet with them uh-huh. and you know they're going to take you to dinner or something or invite you to a party when you get there you're the only person at the party or you, you know it's only oh. you as a person in an intimate location and they want to talk to you all quiet and stuff and they're putting their hand on your knee and it wasn't all and it wasn't it was men and women i'll be honest with you it was uh-huh. men and women i was kind of like you know being a, a straight hardback male when the dudes did it i was like fuck you motherfucker <laughs> like, got up and, and kind of roll out right but when it was uh-huh. the women it was a little bit more deceptive and uh you know i had one of them ask me if i wanted to go back up to her room with her and i was like yeah, this is a really solid music stuff to me and um i just i got the hell out of there i even went to a party one time when i was much younger like i think it was like 17 or 18 for for something to do with that and it was just me and, and four other teenage boys there and this guy comes out and he's like all right well do you want to go into pool and we were like, oh, we don't have clothes for the pool. I was like, that's okay. I've got a whole wardrobe right here that we can choose from. And he re-wheels out this fucking thing that's got, like, a bajillion surf shorts on it. It's like, all right, this guy's cussing, like, buggering little boys. I'm out of here. And uh, I left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, those other guys stayed. And I was like, yeah, you, fuck you guys. I'm out. And, um... You're not willing to sell your soul for, yeah, for just, momentary uh, pleasure. <laughs> no, it just wasn't going to do that. And, you know, that's what they do. They get you in a compromising position, take pictures of you, get you really drunk, videotape you, get you to do sex stuff on camera. And then they have that forever. And that's what they, they have over your head for a lifetime where they just keep funneling money into your career and what you want to do. And... Um, the other way that they do it is through a contract. Um, so with the lawyer experience, he pointed out to me that there was like 14 pages of the same thing, just worded differently. Things like I had to sell my image away, I had to sell my life away to them. They owned me as property. Damn. I had to do everything that they wanted me to do. So... Um, yeah, <laughs> and I, I I just found out um an, an artist the other day uh off of Instagram and you know I'm sure it's the same situation you 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 guys are both very talented and and things like that but you just to get over that hump you kind of have to sell yourself and and uh, it's crazy how how many talented people don't make it whose whose talent and creativity should be shared with the world aren't able to because the powers that be uh want more from them than you know they're willing to give 
So yeah, you yeah. think about like all the untapped talent out there that, just like you said, Ron, that just wasn't willing to give in to what these people were wanting. And you think that makes you think that like, is every talented person in the entertainment industry out there, were they willing to, is that, you know, is that where, what it means? You hope that that's not what it means, but you think, is that what it really means? Yeah. They're pushed with as the best talent, but in reality, they're not like, I, I isn't there a, a conspiracy about that with Lady Gaga or something like that? And one of her friends, I don't know if you heard of that, John. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, yeah, they killed her friend. And she basically took some of her songs and took over her image and stuff like that, the way that she dressed on stage and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of things that go on like that. Yeah, it's just the image. And, and um, you know, I've also heard that uh, the reason why songs are so popular is because there are uh, certain things are just tapping into that root experience, sex, drugs, uh, pleasure and greed and, and stuff like that. Um, and uh, that's popularized. And, and by, by that, it's actually making the rest of the world change their, uh, their belief system and their morals uh, to fit in, you know, like peer pressure in a way. Because, um, you know, I was into the, the metal and the hardcore scene and stuff like that. And it made me this aggressive person because it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this lifestyle. I'm into this hardcore, you know, mosh pits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just being aggressive and violent. But then it came to me, I'm like, you know, that's not really me. And this person that's coming out of me is, is, is a fake manifestation for me to feel like I'm a part of this lifestyle. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You did rule the mosh pits there for a while though, Ron. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Ron was not somebody you want to mess with in the mosh pit. I mean, I, I, like, I know where you're coming from, like you're saying. Like, I guess not in an evil way. I know you're just – a lot of it was you just doing, you know, I, I think for fun. But, yeah, Ron was somebody not to mess with in the mosh pit. Well, I, yeah, I was, I was a complete idiot once. I used, to, I used to drink beers out of trash cans and stuff like that. And just <laughs> – yeah, I totally get that. You know, that's what that's where I come in, and that's why I, I can be quite an unlikable person to a lot of people because I spent a lifetime in trying to heal from all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spent well, I guess research. That was going to be like my next question, like to lead into is like what, you know, what are the methods or some suggestions that you have for people to help deal with, you know, the kind of stuff that you're, you know, an expert in. Yeah, turn off the damn TV, turn off the radio, turn off Spotify, get comfortable with your own thoughts, because as long as you're consuming media of any kind, you're living everybody else's life except for your own. Mm. The the reason for that is because uh, just mind is responsible for 95% of everything that we do on a daily basis. And the mind is performing 10 trillion tasks per second without us being aware of it. So that's a lot of stuff that's going on under the surface. But how that all works is that the conscious mind is just the part of you that keeps you from bumping into shit. So when we think we're consciously doing something, we are so deluded as human beings as to what we actually know and what we're actually aware of. The subconscious is doing everything else. It's communicating to all of your cells, trillions of cells, mm-hmm. six trillion commands per second. And so and, you know, it's not something that is talked about and allowed to be known outside of psychology either. Even in the personal development industry, they'll tell you that, yeah, it's 
you know, 5% conscious and then 95% subconscious, but they don't ever elaborate because unfortunately that's the cult of psychotherapy. It's just another um, subsection of the cult of psychotherapy. And everything that we experience is based on a series of mini cults, which is run by the big cult. And I like to refer to that as the global cult of disempowerment. Uh-huh. It's where they kind of lord over everyone. And so the subconscious mind is always the target everything and the problem is is that most people are not aware of their subconscious programming they're just on autopilot and it's impossible to figure out every single subconscious program that you have but let me be clear when i say that the subconscious also holds everything about you that makes you who you are and it makes you do what you do it's responsible for keeping you alive it's responsible for keeping you healthy and happy and everything is basically competing for your attention on a daily basis so you're being scattered in so many different directions that the average kid that you see bouncing they don't have any clue who they are they think Mm -hmm. that dealing with stress is supposed to look like that but that's not really it because it doesn't get to the root cause of the problems that you're having in any respect and we aren't taught at school how to manage our minds we're told how to be subservient um You know, Albert Einstein even said once that the only thing that interferes with his learning is his education. And that's because teachers don't know that they're a part of a world that is creating hopeless, helpless, and mindless people. They don't, like, they're a part of the system too. They're in it. So they can't see the picture when they're inside the frame at all. And we get installed with all kinds of programs throughout our childhood. And then there's various um, phases of psychological development essentially so from the time you're born until about age seven you're learning everything and all your coping mechanisms from everybody that's around you your family your friends and uh you know whatever cartoons and shit whatever little books you get exposed to you're picking up information at a rapid rate as to how to deal with the stress of life in that phase and then from seven to fourteen you're trying to relate to other kids and learn more about all the stuff you already learned and see whether or not it's valid coping mechanisms. And so from 14 to 21, you're still trying to individuate and find yourself as a person, but you're repeating the same cycle of everything that you learned from zero to 14 over again. So whatever you found not to, to work, you've discarded that, but you're still keeping the majority of stuff that you're completely unaware of that you do. So most of us are more like other people in like the herd than we care to admit. And we think that we're individuals, but we're really not because the subconscious is just a scanning device mm-hmm. that scans everything in the environment that's looking and it's looking for a threat. And it's also looking to see what the herd is doing because whatever the herd is doing, whatever the majority of people are doing, that's what it calls safety. So if you have negative programs in your subconscious, the entire day, every single day, you are self-sabotaging in some way. And the, the example I love to give people is that if you want to know what's in your subconscious, look around you. Look at everything that you own. Look at your job. Look at your relationships with people. That's what's in your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is like a hard drive and it stores information in the form of these programs, but the language of the subconscious is images and symbols. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like why every business or organization has a logo or a symbol. That's why every band has a logo or a symbol associated with it. 
And so even with uh, colors and things like that, right? Like how uh, fast food is red and yellow because we associate those colors with uh, speed. Yeah, that's called color programming. And so people ask me a lot, you know, what's the difference between the subconscious and the unconscious? Because those terms tend to get thrown around um, freely. And that's done on purpose to create confusion so that people don't ever actually empower themselves by knowing exactly what the difference is. So the subconscious mind is a hard drive, stores information. The unconscious is, a, is that part of you that takes over when you go out and you get shit-faced and you don't know how you made it home the next day, but you found out you were singing karaoke and you got two black eyes because you got into a fight. That's the part of you that kind of takes over and overrides and, and runs the programs that will get you out of trouble and get mm -hmm. you home safely. Um, and so the unconscious is like one level underneath the subconscious and it's like an emergency mode essentially where it kicks in in certain things, but the subconscious is doing all kinds of other things. Like it makes your heart beat. It, you know, it makes you get it, dictates your primitive urges and like your sexuality and things like that. You know, that's one of the reasons why most men and women, when they see each other in public and they find each other to be attractive, they have a, a kind of a, a sensory overload in you know, they're like, oh, he's sexy or she's, she's damn fine or whatever. And like, they look, even though you might be with your girlfriend already, you look at her ass or whatever. <laughs> so that's the subconscious. All that stuff is dictated on a subconscious level. And so the psychopaths that pretty much hurt us on the human farm like sheep, they know psychology better than anybody else. And they know how to hack the subconscious at every level. And there's different levels of um, programming. So there's the belief level, which is the core uh, the core belief level, sorry, left out that word. It's the core belief level, which is everything that we're taught and that we accept from childhood. And then we go through those phases of trying to work those things out throughout our whole life. By the time we're 35, we are basically a composite of all the programs that we didn't get rid of in our, on our way to being an adult. And we're actually not an adult in mind or body. We're not fully developing mm -hmm. until you're age 26. So, you know, they kind of let us out of the cage at 21, but we're still not mature in mind or body at that time. And so that's where a lot of stuff goes awry because we think, oh, we're adults now, we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. And basically doing whatever the fuck we want to do sounds a lot like playing out programs that belong to other people. And we have the genetic level of programming, which is where we have these complex programs that are carried over from our ancestors and they're in the DNA and they're st actually stored as energy in what's called the morphogenetic field, which is around the physical DNA. It's a field of it's the entire body and it instructs mm -hmm. the DNA what to do. So if you've ever heard of Rupert Sheldrake's theory of the morphogenetic field, uh, you'll know exactly where to look. And I, obviously I can't talk about that right now because i can get on to other things before we run yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit more of a in-depth thing you know yeah but people can go look up rupert sheldrake's uh, theory of the morphogenetic field hmm. or they can look at something that's really popular right now like william henry who talks about the morphogenetic field um they can also read a book called the field by lynn mctaggart that explains all of that um then you have the historical level and that's about memories from past lives or uh memories from that are stored in the collective consciousness that we carry into this present moment so 
the last level is the soul level. That's basically everything that you are on a spiritual level. And that's basically in your heart. And, you know, there's a saying, whatever is in your heart is what comes out of your mouth or it's what you do. Well, that's mm -hmm. where those programs are held. And um, because these crazy beings know that all of this is happening, we're constantly pulled in every direction every single day by different uh, forms of media. And you know, people tend to try to argue against that point. And they were like, well, what, what, what about people who, when we didn't have television and when we didn't have radio and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. well, there was the town square. And yeah. if you ever notice, even to this day, there's a podium at any uh, any seminar or any conference or any kind of meeting, and you put that person, even when you go to church, there's a person up on a level that's above you, and they're looking mm -hmm. down at you. And the reason for that is when you look up at that person, when the jaw is tilted up at an angle like that, yeah. beyond about 35 to 40 degrees, it then begins to send you into alpha brainwave state which is hypnosis suggestibility and so back in the town square they only had gossip and one guy would tell you all the news about everything and, and then they would you know spread that by mouth and so everybody would be motivated by fear to carry out certain instructions and certain behaviors for fear of death because back in those desert days everything could kill you and then prior to that and when we were in more of a tribal setting, we had story time around the fire at night. And the flickering of the, the flame mm -hmm. is similar to the flicking, flickering of the, the television. And it also sends you into alpha brain. Relaxes you, makes you more susceptible to input from other people. And so you just believe whatever you want to believe. And obviously the brain in terms of neurophysiology wasn't as advanced during that time so critical thinking and other stuff like that was also less advanced so whatever they told you you blindly accepted and we can see that even though we have evolved to a certain point it's still very much like that um in this day and age especially in the times that we're living in where we have the convent thing where they're trying to dictate how your uh, basically perception of health should be you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. and um we have other things that screw us up you know like all the stuff that we take in the bad foods chemicals in the water and stuff like that they mess with our ability to self-regulate and it happens at a micro level and that's why we kind of don't notice that we're getting manipulated in that way and just before you jump in, I just want to say what the most popular ways of controlling the subconscious and keeping in the limbic system really are. It's vaccines, mm -hmm. caffeine, alcohol, pharmaceutical drugs, and narcotics. Um, things like sugar, wheat, dairy, fluoride, cigarettes, processed foods and GMOs, electromagnetic frequency radiation, and chemtrails. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And um, also, you know, I've done some, uh, you know, research into the occult and how witchcraft and, and magic, all that works. And it seems like woo-woo uh, make-believe stuff, but with what you're explaining and everything like that, it's just people who know the science and how to uh, manipulate the mind on a subconscious level. And I've heard that with, uh, you know, the 
the Bucarias and stuff like that, you know, the, the witches down in the, you know, the Mexico and Latin America area, like they'll do something like they'll bury a jar with, you know, your picture and shit and all this other stuff and the curse they want on you. And they'll bury that jar in your yard, like late at night. You know, that's why I see the shovel and things like that. But um, so your conscious mind isn't aware that she's done this, but your subconscious mind is so absorbent of information that we're, we're not even aware. It's just taking in all this information. Your subconscious mind is aware that something is buried on your property, but your conscious mind isn't. And that's how they're able to uh, come in and, and affect your, your psyche. It's, and like you said, through the foods, uh, through the media and things like that, they're not affecting you on a conscious level that you're you're aware of. It's it's all subconscious uh, with yeah. symbols and things like you're saying. The subconscious picks up on everything and kind of makes sense of the world for you because the conscious mind can't do so much. And then the thing about it is, is that people say, "Oh, I can't be hypnotized," but that's actually false because hypnotism usually conjures up the image of an old guy with a beard dangling a pendulum or a pocket watch in front of somebody's face mm -hmm. but how that actually works is that the purpose of the pocket watch or the pendulum is to narrow your focus because when you can narrow a person's focus you can create confusion in the mind and confusion causes the brain to hit pause and accept uh, information that's coming in so when people say they can't be hypnotized it's not happening because it would be impossible each one of us would have to have like an individual handler with a pocket watch just mm -hmm. you know, tasked with the purpose of fucking us all consciously, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way <laughs> you know it, it comes through a natural process of the brain so because the conscious mind can't do much the subconscious mind is doing everything else that the conscious can't do and that means that the brain in itself as a mechanism needs to cycle through different brainwave states throughout the day and so we're actually in a hypnotic state at least seven hours a day. I say at least seven hours because if you're not a TV watcher or a music consumer, then you're in seven hours a day. But if you're a TV watcher, if you get home and the first thing you do is you put on movies or CNN or some crap like that, or you try to soothe your emotions and you attempt to relax by listening to music, you're going into a hypnotic trance. So however long you take in the media, adds to that seven hour figure and so you know a lot of people spend a, a lifetime plugged in to a hypnotic trance so the let me get back to the the specificity of this whole thing and how it works mm -hmm. so four hours throughout the day you're transitioning through the alpha brainwave state because that's what the brain has to do in order to process everything that you experience Right, And so the subconscious mm -hmm. mind is taking in six trillion bits of information, right? And your wow. mind is performing trillion tasks per second. That's a lot of stuff that you have to go through just to stay alive. And so the mind has to activate that faculty in order to stop you from having a series of mini strokes, I always say jokingly, because it's so much information. If you ever seen like an epileptic, that's basically what's happening. It's brain overload. Mm-hmm. And so the, the other three hours naturally occurs during the REM cycle when you're sleeping. So you're in hypnosis then too, essentially. Anybody could whisper anything in your ear while you're sleeping and you wake up uh, plucking like a chicken and dragging your ass on the floor. Like a <laughs> and so when we see people who are so, you know, they seem so unaware 
and they can't really get their shit together, it's usually because there's some subconscious program that overrides every time they try to make a change. When you see people who are like double and triple maskers, they know subconsciously something is wrong, but there's a greater override that happens where when somebody installs you with a subconscious program, it has all of the reasons as to why you do what you do. And so that is what I call the self-justification index. It's like a Rolodex of shitty excuses as to why you have to do something the way that you do it all the time. And so you can't self-regulate and you can't self-correct and you can't self-govern. You, your mind loops back on itself and it replays the information, the thoughts and beliefs and behaviors that go along with the subconscious program. And so you just rationalize to yourself, this is why I do the things that I do. And you continue on doing it, even though it's killing you. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to jump in real quick. Uh, I had a question I wanted to ask. Uh, I guess it's kind of random, but you were talking about, you know, narcotics and all these things that kind of cloud our head. What are your thoughts on natural things such as, I mean, I guess the, the immediate thing would be something like marijuana. But, I mean, do you think there are things in the that you can use naturally to kind of help with that kind of stuff that, that aren't going to be your help? Let me say this. The entire human body is a very special form of technology. It is one of the most powerful technologies that exists in the entire universe. And that's why there's such an attack on it 24-7 from every direction. That's the reason why we have an endocannabinoid system built into our bodies, because when we are unwell and we need assistance, we have a plant like marijuana or we have, you know, other forms of uh, ayahuasca and those kinds of things that we can use to reach certain states of spiritual awareness and certain states of healing. Um, however, the problem lies with smoking too much marijuana because it affects the brain in a particular way and... Um, there have been plenty of studies done that show that it actually screws up your thinking process. So there's a, a, a lot of myths in stoner culture that kind of sell you the idea that smoking pot will make you smarter, more aware, and stuff like that. But that's reserved for very unique occasions when you're in a tremendous amount of pain or something like that. So the best way to actually consume marijuana is by you know, treating it like food, make a tea, Make, make some brownies or something like that. That's better for your system to integrate it into than the smoking because when you smoke it, it becomes psychoactive and then it totally messes you up. Yeah, there's the, mm, the temperatures and 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 I and I can attest to that. You know, I'm a user for for a while, but <gasps> um, <laughs> shocking. But uh. too, you know, I, I have no judgment for anybody that that does that. You know, I used to do that a lot, but. What happened to me is when I started mm-hmm. developing my consciousness, I would hit a ceiling and I would not be able to go any further. And what happens is that marijuana can be quite a trickster at times. It can simulate certain states of consciousness, but you're not actually having the real experience of that level of consciousness. And it immediately drags you right back down to like almost like a crash. Yeah, yeah. And it drags mm-hmm. lower level of consciousness and you're like, oh shit, now I gotta go meditate again. So, you know... That's kind of what it does. Yeah, it's and and I will say, you know, there it's with anything, right? If you do it too much, it 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 has the opposite effect. 
And also, you know, you don't want to get high and then go go to work. I mean, it might seem fun if you kind of got a mediocre job, makes the time go by and everything like that, right? <laughs> Depends but, on the job, definitely. Yeah, if you got shit I you mean, need to get done, it's better to do it sober. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, um, there was something else I wanted to say there, but I got kind of sidetracked. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's actually about... Yeah, I got caught up explaining the marijuana thing, and then I, there was someone else I wanted to add to that about the subconscious mind and what it does, because it's so relevant. And I try to at least get this in on every show. Everybody um, needs to know this. Okay, go ahead. No, so you were just kind of breaking down, um, you know, uh, the effects and things. I'm just trying to <laughs> help you backtrack. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I caught myself. I know where I'm going with this. Okay, okay. So it's about what happens during subconscious programming. Mm-hmm. So... We have cell receptors in our body for every cell. And from the time you're conceived and you're like in the womb and stuff up until whatever age you're at right now, basically you've been receiving programming. And that's stored inside the cells. And so the cell is like a hard drive in itself. And it's really that hard drive is in a nucleus. So it's kind of like in there that plays a particular program. So these cell receptors function in a very specific way. They're essentially expecting a certain quality of information, a certain quality of information, and information that relates within a certain context to be communicated to these cells. And they also take in nutritional information and hormonal information. So they basically receive, these receptors receive, and they release and basically allow for chemicals and other information to bind to them. And that's basically how cells work. It's, like it's extremely critical to their function. If they're not doing that, they're breaking down, which means death. And so everything that you take in on a subconscious level is being communicated to your cells. And so when people drink a, a shit ton of coffee or something like that, and they're mm-hmm. like, I feel fine, but they're talking like a squirrel or something like that. They're like, I feel fine. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're talking at like a million miles per hour, dashing around the place and stuff like that. They're under stress. And on a cellular level, that's not good because the cells are breaking down. And they don't know what to do with that because the limbic system is actually activated. And that puts you in stress mode. And so when any time the limbic system is activated on a micro level, mm-hmm. your cells are stressed out and they begin to degrade. They can't regenerate the way that they do. And because your body knows that you're in survival mode on some level, you begin to play out the programs of stress. And so that's how they keep us locked into the herd mentality by giving us things that stress us out. So even if you're not watching the news or taking in um, aggressive music and things like that, you are still exposed to threats throughout the day through the types of food that you take in and that's one of the reasons for bad food um everything that we consume no matter what it is it determines the quality of our cells ability to heal and regenerate so if we're not getting good quality food we're not getting good quality cells and therefore our voltage is all screwed up our limbic system is constantly activated and even though we might be alive we might seem to be having somewhat joyful experiences of life we're actually mm-hmm. missing out on a tremendous amount of joy and freedom as a result so that's what they do and you know they know how this is how all that stuff works because if you look at the gay frog theory i love to bring this up somebody told me you know they told me i'm judgmental 
that um, because frogs can be gay, that human beings can also, you know, change their gender at will. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could grow a penis and then, you know, get rid of it and then grow it back the next day at will, but that's not how it works. So there's a lot of fucked up theories out there that people really believe as to what's going on. But the reality is that a human being is not a frog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, the reason why the frogs are having an experience is because they're exposed to atrazine, which is a, a hormone um, changing chemical, if I want to keep that simple. So it completely messes up your endocrine system. And so when that's in the water system, you have 500 plus toxins in the water system. If you're eating something simple like cornflakes, you're eating human feces and consuming thyroxidine and all kinds of other chemicals that have run off into the water supply into Damn. Uh, all these different things. <laughs> and so that's why there's so much like endocrine disrupting problems out there because, you know, even shaving cream has endocrine disruptors in it. And so that's why there's such a huge spike in heart disease and thyroidism throughout the world because we're getting exposed to all these chemicals in the water system and in bad foods and not even to mention that like cornflakes and other things most things have gmo in it so every anytime you see soya or, or it's like soy lecithin or anything like that uh, mm-hmm. corn in any products that's usually genetically modified corn the majority of corn on the planet is genetically modified so you can tell that that's something that's very difficult to avoid. So you've got to stop eating a lot of stuff in order to avoid consuming GMOs on some level. Things like the palm oil and stuff, that's, that's GMO. Um, and then you have, I lost it. There's something else I was going to say. There's something to do with, oh, shit. It completely ran away from my brain. There's so much stuff to talk about. Um, I think the best way to move on from that is to say that there's a lot of magnesium stearate and other additives and stuff in supplements and stuff. So you think you're taking supplements for your health, Uh you're actually taking in toxins that are going to agitate you on a cellular level. And then things like coffee and, um, you know, caffeinated tea, well, caffeine is a pesticide. I actually have a video that I'm going to release shortly. I put mm-hmm. some coffee on some cockroaches and they died within two minutes just to show people exactly how that works. So caffeine, um, when you put that in your body, it can't, it's the, it actually blocks the body from being able to create the chemicals that you need to sleep well to, re- uh. to relax. But on top of that, it's doing other stuff like it's um it's creating something called ACTH which is adrenocorticotrophic hormone and basically that screws up your pituitary gland and you then have this ACTH response to stress throughout the day and it's messing up your brain and it's messing up your nervous system so caffeine if you look at someone who's consumed caffeine on a brain scan uh-huh. You see the gray matter before they consume it is very expansive and it's lighting up like a Christmas tree. So the entire brain is in healthy cognitive function and it, you're having a full experience of you know, human cognition. Your brain's happy, you're healthy, you're fine. As soon as you take it in, then you see it begins to contract. And then it's a very small amount of activity that just happens right in the center of the brain. It goes down to a bare minimum to where it's barely lighting up. 
And so the powers that shouldn't be, they know this. And that's why um, 97% of the science uh-huh. in any area is actually bought and paid for by the companies that want to stay long and keep you out of your um, basic basic superpower of awareness and choice by keeping you drugged up on something. And caffeine as well, it blocks the absorption of minerals. So if you're on a healthy diet and you're taking a lot of vitamins and stuff like that, uh-huh. you're basically pissing away nutrients. It doesn't matter what your diet looks like. If it's the healthiest diet on the planet, you're not absorbing half of what you take in because as it is the body already only takes in what it needs and it pisses everything else away so if there's a blockage in the absorption of that you're spending a lot of money for nothing and you're just pissing away everything that you have and also on top of that things like caffeine if you take caffeine away from someone who says they're suffering with depression or anxiety Uh 42 percent of their problem is reduced instantly Everybody who gets off of caffeine overcomes depression and anxiety, but they don't want to tell you that because then they can come in and give you their solution for it, which is a pill. And the myth that depression is a chemical imbalance has never been found to be true anywhere. If you ever challenge any doctor on that, they'll scream at you like, that's not, it's not true. And, and, and they can't ever actually produce the paperwork that says that. And that's because like caffeine and, pharmaceutical companies they're the biggest lobbyists yeah i do feel you on that um i've been i've noticed that when i do consume less caffeine i I get better sleep and i'm just in an overall better mood Um, yeah and they put it in everything too like you you can't even eat chocolate these days without some hidden element of caffeine being in it it's in a lot of foods and it's just not on the label they're not required to put it on the label but i was i was wanting to ask too because um you know i'm sure it affects them but like uh you know Reminds me of my dad because it's a lot of reason, uh, you know, you learn from, you know, your elders and things. But he was, uh, you know, he was a very active, uh, spiritual, like he, you know, intelligent, you know, positive person and uh, hardworking and everything like that. But his diet was uh, coffee, cigarettes and powdered donuts. <laughs> but he would, you know, but so is it like those people, you know, is it? I'm sure it affected him in some way, you know, but he, you know, that's kind of a, with him growing up, I was like, I could do it like him. I could smoke tons of cigarettes and drink tons of coffee and just be this beast of a person. But in reality, it, it, I'm not, it, it affects me differently than it does him, I guess. So. Yeah. So those are programs that we get, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in actuality, even though they seem like a healthy person and very strong and stuff like that. Could you imagine what the person would be operating at if they weren't taking coffee and, uh, you know, nicotine <laughs> and all the cyanide and shit from the cigarettes? Yeah, because doctors used to tell you cigarettes were good for you and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, uh, I think Ron's dad would have been like the predator if it wasn't for that because Ron's dad was a badass. So <laughs> yeah. if that's how it worked, it would have been even exactly. more awesome. But, yeah, um, and, you know, from the generation that Ron's dad would have been in, they were sold that ideology that, you know, if you had a cigarette hanging off the corner of your mouth and you had a strong cup of coffee, you were, like, uh, you know, ready to wrangle a fucking beer or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the programming, you know? Very true. Yeah, same thing. I, mean, I agree. That's You had, like, the Marlboro Cowboy, you know, that was, like, 
a cool guy back then. But um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely uh, I don't want to like cut you off. I definitely want to, uh, you know, I, this has been like a really awesome conversation. I really enjoyed everything we've heard and, and learned a lot. And I, I really like the point that you made about how the body is, you know, like the ultimate, you know, power in the universe and that everything around us like that is, you know, kind of built to kind of control it and keep it down. I thought that was an excellent point. And uh, I would definitely love to have you on again to talk about it even more if that was something you would like. I know, Ron, if there's some stuff to add as well. Oh, absolutely. We can, uh, you know, uh, you know, hope have you uh, go deeper into some of the, the things you were talking about, like that uh, the that one book. I'm, I'm going to remember it, write it down, but the mag- Magnosphere and stuff like that electromagnosphere and things yeah there's so much stuff i could talk about so i'd definitely love to come back and expand on it yeah i guess um if you could i guess for um the listeners if you could um let us know the book that ron's talking about if you could uh tell us it'd be something very interesting for the listeners to look into the field by lynn mctaggart the field okay sounds good yeah i'm always looking for you know interesting i know me and ron are both always looking for interesting new books and topics to read and stuff like that and then yeah, there again like i said out. this has been awesome yeah, i think uh, check out my instagram page you'll see i have a post that recommends a couple of books and stuff i usually put books up that i think people should read that will yeah that's another thing if, we definitely want you go ahead and uh, if you know as well you know shout out your instagram and let us uh, know your podcast again that way they can uh you know listen to you as well and get some more information like we want to do yeah, so you can contact me directly by email at jehantwsator at gmail.com. I'll spell that, J-E-H-A-N-T-W-S-A-T-T-A-U-R. You can follow me on Instagram at jehantwsator, and that's J-E-H-A-N-S-A-T-T-A-U-R. And you can join me on Telegram at t.me slash Podcast. And you can listen to my podcast on anchor.fm slash boundless authenticity. So yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, very, uh, yeah, I like your stuff. I've, I've listened to you on a few uh, podcasts and stuff like that. And I, I do know about the coffee thing. <laughs> I know that's what a lot of people like to bring up. No, not good. <laughs> you know, the coffee, but it makes a lot of, it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, and I know with you, Zach, you were, you know, Zach doesn't like to talk, but you just lost, uh, what, like 65 pounds? Yeah, that, I mean, like a lot of what you were talking about was perfect on this. Uh, like Ron said, I, I really started trying to be more conscious about what I'm eating and stuff. And you start to realize that basically every single thing that's on the grocery store shelf is loaded with some kind of genetically modified ingredient or anything. But that's probably to me is I've given up soda. I still make my Starbucks runs a couple times a week, which is probably something I probably won't ever give up, honestly. But I know when I do it that I definitely understand what it's doing to me. I, I get the initial, the goodness of it, but I know in the long run it's probably not good for me. Because I've noticed in my own personal life, after you know being somebody that drank a ton of soda and going to drinking none, that when I don't have a ton of caffeine in my system, I feel like my body just runs way better. I'm drowsy and droopy and do that i know i'm going on them but a lot of people drink the caffeine because they're drowsy and drooping they think hey if i drink this caffeine it'll stop that and i honestly feel like it makes it worse so yeah, yeah. just a quick touch exactly what ron said i i think what you talked about was perfect and you know for about 
there again, I really enjoyed a lot of it. it was, a lot of it was very entertaining for me and very informative. Yeah, and I wanted yeah. to. Well, sorry, I just I was just gonna add too. Like you know, I'm an ex-smoker, and I I would have never thought I could go a meal without having a post-meal cigarette. Like it just did not compute in my brain. Like I can't live that way. I'm never gonna give this up. But now looking past, and it's like, yeah, you can you can do things you thought were impossible. Yeah, well, I will urge you guys and anybody that listens to this to really weigh the cost. Really weigh the cost of these things because if you know that something has a bad effect on you, the perceived benefit that you get is not worth the diagnosis that you're going to get from keeping that thing in your life shortly. And unfortunately, caffeine is one of the most destructive things, but it's sold as being great. And that's why a lot of people don't want to let it go because we have to realize that on this planet, there's hardly anybody that's not on something. We have been trained to use and abuse at all times from every direction. And it's really creating a sick care system and not a health care system. And so, you know, if you want to really tap into your superpowers, you have to trust that without the cigarette, without the sugar, and without the caffeine, that you're actually going to have more energy than you would without that stuff, you know? So it's tough for people to see that when they're in it. But I'll tell you what, every single person that I've ever gotten off of those things, they're like, yeah, holy shit, you were right. This was hard, but it's totally worth it, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that's a perfect way to end, end today, just like me and Ron said, and just like you just got done explaining that there's a lot of crap out there you have to deal with but you can make a change in your life and you know i personally have found that it's a big you know it's a big deal it it does make a big difference like everybody says but um as always uh thanks for joining in i'm zach for zach and ron you know this has been the imaginary of thought and uh catch us sometime soon hopefully we'll have a new episode out here in the next week or so i'm gonna be going on vacation for my birthday happy birthday me but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's all your birthday too perfect for conspiracy right. theories <laughs> yeah my birthday is september 11th for people that don't know it so that kind of fits in with our conspiracy thing but um yeah i there again johanna we had a lot of fun i really appreciate having you on uh i to be completely honest have laundry that's coming out of the dryer here in the next few minutes that i have to go get that's why we're kind of rushing off uh, <laughs> we definitely like to have you on again and we had a lot of fun and uh thanks for tuning in <laughs> thank you follow those knickers brother Oh, yeah, appreciate it, y'all. Yeah, I appreciate you. Like I said, I for real did. We had a lot of fun, dude. That was very interesting, and uh, I would love to have you on again when we have more time, you know, for you to get in depth. But I uh, had a lot of fun, and I uh, hope to see you again. And, Ron, I'll hit you up soon, man. I'm about to dip out. All right, later. All, All right, right, y'all. Later, Bye-bye. All right. All right. Just, uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you. appreciate you, man. That was really informative and, and everything. And, uh, you know, I I knew it. I knew Zach would be into it because he's getting into that right now. You know, like uh, bettering himself. So that was and and uh, my girlfriend. She's actually really into all the uh, mindfulness stuff. So that was that was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you and everything. And uh, so I guess you you said you're about to jump on another show. Yeah, I got to get on to another engagement here in a few minutes. Wow, you're just you're just grinding, man. <laughs> yeah, this this month is hell month for me. It's, I'm booked up the whole month. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome. Hey, hey man, you're doing the Lord's work, and you, you yeah, know because 
I've heard you talking about the uh, Bhagavad Gita and things like that, and you know that's uh, you know it's 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 what the world needs, you know, to focus on uh, introspect and things like that. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I believe two things. I believe that we're at a very um, important time in humanity where people need to use their voice and speak up about what's going on because that's the thing that's going to get us through to the next level in the evolution of consciousness. And we're, we're actually moving towards a very positive outcome. It's just that it doesn't seem that way because in order to explain all the stuff that's going on, you have to get really negative and really into the technical details that people don't even <laughs> know that that's what's going on, right? Yeah. And if we want better things, well, we have to be able to address the issues because you only get change from looking at a problem and, and finding solutions to it. And so a lot of people who are spiritual, they don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. And that too creates the problem. But we can't just be silent because that's compliance too. And so we have to get out there and explain to people how consciousness is being hijacked and attacked from every angle so that we can accelerate the pace at which we're moving towards the positive outcome, which I believe is going to happen anyway. I, I and believe it's going so to be a Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a more loving, more accepting society. But here we have people who are trying to control us with everything that's anti-life and anti-love, right? So yeah. um, I see things going in a really good direction where it's going to enter society more spiritually oriented. And so, you know, things like the, the conventional uh, vengeful God and things like that are going to fade into the background. It's going to be replaced with more of a, a broad understanding of everything that's going on out there. So you would have heard me talk about how I studied all the different uh, texts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's still things that are popping up that I'm learning about. And, you know, some things are the same story over and over again, and other things are adding a bit more information to the, the thing. But, you know, your devotion to the source energy, God, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. it, it depends on being open to every perspective and understanding that we're all talking about the same thing. We're all talking about cultivating behaviors that um, breed love and you know getting away from the things that cause us pain and you know not living in lies and stuff like that so that's why it's really important to talk about this stuff to me oh absolutely man <laughs> well yeah um yeah i just i, I want to let you go because i <laughs> give you some time before you go on another show but yeah man that was awesome and i, pre- I appreciate you a big time coming on and talking with us and stuff and, uh, all right thank you very much man it was good <sighs> all right man good talking to you i'll talk to you later all right catch you later bye all right, later.